right, open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, if you can. And uh, yes, the leaders group has been talking and coming up with ideas and thoughts and sharing kind of their perspective. And this sheet of paper here is very, very important. I'm recording this lesson uh, for me, but also we want to make sure before next Sunday, every member hears this lesson. Is that clear? So if you know someone who's not here, make sure you sit down with them and say, hey, you need to do hear the lesson or you do it personally. You know how you can learn something really well? Teach it. You got it, right? And so, you know, one thing we need to understand, what is our updated mission? We live one faith by loving like Christ. I appreciate Edgar and Don. They really understand things, and they make sure that everyone's learning them. And yes, we are talking about one faith these days. Is that clear? Because that's what the Bible commands. The Bible says there is one faith, one Lord, one baptism, and one it's hugely important for us to be the church that God wants. And today we're going to start off first with what is a church? Because we've got to ask ourselves that. Why are you here this morning? You know, you have a lot of choices, just so you know. You know, back in the day, in the 80s, when I studied the Bible, we would tell people there are over 350 denominations in America. You know, that number has multiplied to thousands. Even if you're within this church, you have other choices. Many of us in this room came from a different region, came from a different ministry center, came from somewhere else, a different state, a different church, and you you found your way here. Why are you here today? Why is East Cities your choice? You know, I started looking and thinking, okay, why would people be here? You know, if you look at line two, these are the the notes. It just says, hey, some of us from back in the day, we're talking about when we were crossing Switchblade, South Central. We came to this church because we had a conviction to evangelize the inner city. Do you remember that? And that was a passion. And it's a conviction. But now here we are sitting with Cerritos, where almost every speaker today was Asian. (laughs) Someone flipped the script. (laughs) At least we got Rachel here going, woke, woke. Because I can't say that credibly. That could be woke. But it would be, wouldn't it sound like I'm trying? Anyways. um, Then there's relationships. Many of us, we came to church because, man, the relationships are great. And this is awesome. And I love these relationships. But we've seen a number of people leave. Some of us came because of the leader of the moment. Maybe the message moved them. Maybe their personal touch in your life moved you. But then that, leader, that moment's gone. Some of us came here and got help with our lives. Because we needed it. And some of us need it to still. And they go, hey, what happened? Where's the help? Geography. There are many of us who transferred over the last number of years because, well, we used to have a church in Cerritos. Now we don't, but this church is in Cerritos. I want to be Cerritos. And, and you go, well, this is where I live, and, or this is closer to where I live, and so I'm going to come here. Some of us, over time, it's just pure loyalty. I am loyal to East Cities, or whatever we're calling ourselves, but I'm loyal to it. Some of us moved here 
because we're not too old school by being negative or bullying. You might have visited another place and you go, man, they're just kind of always telling you how bad you are all the time. And what you should be doing, you should be doing this, you should be doing, don't do this, don't touch, do this, go here, don't do, don't touch, do, go. Now you're going to tell us these are all bad reasons? No, these are all, I'm, I'm not trying to mock you, I'm just saying, but things change. And today I'm going to bully you. No, I'm just joking. That's a good reason. Okay. Now there's one reason I crossed out because it's not a good reason. It's a different type of old school why you might have come here. I came here because we're not too old, too old school by being demanding. And I love coming to E-Cities because we are discipleship light. Amen. Less calories. You know, and I can't even taste the, the, the aspartame, right? That one I crossed out because we've got to end that view. Are you with me on that? Let's get an amen on that one. Okay, because it can hurt us. And it can really kill our faith. It can kill our idealism. If we decided, I just want to be part of this ministry because it's just easier. Because we're not about choosing a church. We're really here to love like Jesus. And there's nothing easy about loving like Christ. But there's nothing more fulfilling. So moving forward, what will be our foundation? Do you want to know? Like, why should I choose a church? Why should I go to East Cities versus Calvary versus Long Beach versus whatever. David, you can just say, hey, we're so much better for this and that. We don't believe in having that mentality, but you still got to feel good about what you're doing. You don't have to cut people down to feel great about what you're doing. And you have to feel and believe and know and go look at the scriptures and say, hey, this is where I want to go. This is the church I want to build. Do you got that? Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. And if you're visiting with us, you go, wow, this seems very like in the church. And it doesn't seem like, wow, we're appealing to people outside of the church. You know, sometimes when you visit a church, you're wondering, hey, is this the place I want to be? So we're just going to help you get a picture of who we are. And you can think and pray, is this the place where I want to be? So if you're visiting with us, we're glad you're here. But sometimes we just got to have a talk and say, hey, family, why are we here? In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. It says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. There is one. But how do you get there? It says it takes every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit pulls us together. But maybe not the Holy Spirit you grew up with or the Holy Spirit you think. The Holy Spirit of the Scriptures pulls us together. And we will start today with the one body and the one Spirit. Because we've got to understand, what does the Bible say? So we're going to just undo some thinking because a lot of times, I don't know about you, but when I look at our history, sometimes we decided, well, we were too negative, we were too down, we were too narrow. And so let me just open my mind up and allow all the different views of Christianity to touch my heart. And today, 
I'm going to say, let's not. Is that okay? I mean, today I am saying, I don't think we need to disrespect people, but I do believe we need to know who we are. And so we just got to understand, who are we? Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is not about your personal emotions or your individual intuition. He is not your ESP. This is false doctrine. It is false doctrine. Our job as a church is not to get you to feel something. Our goal as a church is to get you to listen to someone. And the someone is the Holy Spirit. And so a lot of times, I don't know what was going on before I came here. And so I just came here. And you know what I bring when I come here? Me. You know, I can't. I don't know who was here. I wasn't sitting here before. I mean, I, I love Doug and May. I love Will and Rose. But everyone's different. Okay. Does that make sense? And, and, and some people may have felt something with prior leaders. I go, I don't bring the feeling. But we have to understand. We can always bring the spirit. And we've got to just go, okay, who is the Holy Spirit? The over-glorification of individualized or your own Christianity is not what we practice here. We're not about that. I need you to understand that. You go, but what about the, you know, we're trying to be new school. That is not new school. That is not in the Bible. You've got to understand that. Well, we need to have our own convictions. As a human being, you are an adult that you, you make your own choices. We'll be talking about that months from now. We're covering it a bit with the singles. But to know, no matter what, whatever you do, guess what? That was your own choice. Whatever you did, you act added, acted out of your own convictions or lack thereof. You know, I appreciate our CR ministry. One of the big focuses of CR is own your choice. So I don't really, I'm not that concerned. Well, Dave, I want to do it because of God. That's what you work out with God. Man does not determine that. Do you guys get that? And so when we're talking about Christianity, why are we a church? Because we focus on a oneness. And it needs to be our conviction. Ephesians chapter 6. The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 14. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. With the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith which you can, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. You want to know the Holy Spirit? You got to pick up your Bible. You want to know the Holy Spirit? You got to pick up your Bible. Thank you, Annie Mae. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. We're coming up on line 5. Is this helping you? Because we need to understand, we've gotten a bit confused. I want to be in the Spirit, then open up your Bible and get into the Word. I want to feel the Spirit. We're going to talk about that because you look up 
online the word felt, feel, and spirit, and you won't find much. Isn't that interesting? Peekaboo, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say. That's pretty intense. That's, a, that, that's closeness. That's oneness. That we got to say the same things. Amen. In other translations, it literally says, I appeal to you, brothers, that you say the same things. And that there be no divisions among you, that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. You know, what pulls us together? It says you think the same. You know, how do we learn to think the same? Verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. It is the message that pulls us together. It is the message that gives us power. And you know, what's going to pull us together as a church? It's our message. It's what we teach. It's what we say. And you've got to understand this. The churches of Christ, whether it be mainline, whether it be ICOC, whether it be ICC, we will all teach the same plan of salvation. Did you know that? We will teach everywhere within those churches, every region in the L.A. church, every sector or ministry center will teach the same plan plan of salvation that's doctrine that's how you get saved but you know where you're going to find a lot of differences in how we live saved and there are differences you go are you going to highlight them all no i'm going to tell you what we do because i don't need to sit here and compare ourselves with everyone else but we need to know who we are are you with me on that And so here's the thing. We must, line five, this is a main point. We must master our message. We must master our message. We must say the same things. Many of us have stopped helping one another. And you know why? It's not because you don't care. I think you guys love each other. But you know what? We don't know what to say. And we don't know how to say it. We carry with us, and rightly so. I am not even condemning this. We carry with us a doubt because what was said to us or what we would say to others, it didn't make us feel right. And so we're just, we just pause. And we know something's not right. We feel something's not right, but we don't want to do wrong. And so we've got to go. We've got to go, what's our message? How do we master it? So we can actually talk to each other. And so what I need us to understand is we need to be great students. I want us to be great learners. I trust everyone's convictions. I trust everyone's hearts. But we don't have the same message yet. And and we got to learn what's our message? How will we talk to each other and treat each other as we help each other grow? Does that sound good? Our minds and thoughts should unify around the message. It definitely begins with whom? Jesus. The message of the cross. Now I have some good news and some bad news. You see this blank there, right? Because I didn't want to type it out there. So I'm just going to tell it to you. It's just between you and me. You all and me. Right? 
But here's some good news and some bad news. What's the bad news? Well, as much as I value all of you, I really do. And I understand that you've seen many people leave. You've seen many people leave this ministry over the years. And, and you've got to understand the reality of our ministry is we're a patchwork. East Cities is almost like an archaeological dig. You say, okay, these are the people, you know, who came in the early days. And then it's this group that came at around this era. Then it's this group that came in this era, you know. And, and, and you can just almost see that in our fellowship. And, um, and so all of us are like, it's a bunch of people who are the remnants of our era. Okay, and you remember all, so, so none of us is like, yeah, all of us were here back in, you know, ni- you know, 1997, and most of us here are from 1997. Nope. Most of us here transferred in back in 2014. You know, nope. Do you see that? Yeah. And I understand that. And it, it can do something. So you've seen a lot of people leave. What's the bad news? As we draw closer to living one faith, many more will leave. That could happen. That's a possibility. It wasn't me, Dave. Who are you looking at? Who are you thinking of? Who's in your mind? I go, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. And you go, well, are, you know, how are we going to treat people? What are we going to do? I don't know. We just got to have the same message. And some will feel it. Some will not. You know, and, and, and that's going to happen. Are they going to be, are they betraying us? No. Because like I said, we don't need to be bonded anymore by loyalty. We need to be bonded by the word. Do you guys get that? Yes. And there are other places that will teach the same doctrine of salvation, but may have a different view on living saved. We got to unify in how we live saved because at church we live together. Do you guys get that? Yeah. And so, you know, I'm not afraid of that. Not that I want any of you to leave and I'm not being sassy about it. You know, somebody, if you don't like it, there's the door. No, that's not what I'm saying. I want everyone to stay because you guys are all awesome people. Okay, that, you got to understand that. All right? It's just that that's reality. It's just reality. Well, what's going to happen though? On the other hand, what's the good news? Many more people will return that had maybe drifted. And many more people, when they come, they will stay. That's going to be the big difference. I just want us to hold on to that. That's going to be true. Are you with me on that? Yeah. Let's go to line seven. So what, who is the Spirit? When we talk about living by the Spirit, we're talking about living by the principles or heart of Jesus. Who is the Holy Spirit? He is the person of Jesus in you. Come on, bro. He is the heart, the essence, the mind. Of Christ in you. Go to Romans chapter 7. And so the leadership group said, hey, we need to talk about lordship, the one Lord today. So I needed to come up with that foundation so you understand what are we doing and why are we doing it? Okay, so now we're going to talk about, hey, I said the body, the one body has to build around the one spirit. And now we're going to talk about how the one spirit, he is connected to the one Lord, Romans chapter 7. As we live by the Spirit, guys, we're not talking about our emotions, our intuition. We're literally talking about being in the zone of Jesus. Parents in the room, those who are married, 
right? Have you ever been in opposition with your parent, with your spouse in raising your kid? Right? Ugh. But have you ever been in the zone together? Oh, that feels good. Does that make sense? Singles ministry. Have you ever felt like, man, we are not close, but we're just kind of biding time by sitting in the same room together? Just waiting to exhale. (laughs) Have you ever felt that way, right? But then have you ever felt where people were with each other? They knew each other. They're building each other up. It's that oneness with Jesus. The Holy Spirit is simply Jesus in you. And he has a way higher call than any law that's written in the Bible. Romans chapter 7. And here's a little bit of a teaser, I mean, of this lesson, but just, just a rule of thumb in your mind. It's not in the notes, but just understand. It is actually, but when you are living by the Holy Spirit, you are living by a greater call than any law or rule that can be written. That's the big thing. And so you go, Dave, are you not about the rules? Are you not about legalism? I'm about beyond the rules and beyond the legalism. Jesus said, I did not come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. I came to, so here's the right and wrong, and I will live so beyond that. So we don't have to sit here and talk about, well, don't do that. Don't. You know, I, I work with some of our teens in, in, in Faith Point and, and, and some of the young people in different ministries, and they go, well, is this a sin? Is that a sin? You know, when you're debating with someone with how close you can get to what is wrong without doing wrong, you're in the wrong already. You've already crossed that line. Do you guys get that? I mean, and so we got to understand when we, what's the shorthand for the Holy Spirit is you going like who and how and where and what would be Jesus. So that's just, you know, we'll look at Romans 7 to see it. Romans 7 verse 4. Romans 7 verse 4, it says, So my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ that you might belong to one another, to him who was raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit for God. Hey, we bear fruit for God. For when we, were on, we, when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us so that, we were, so that we bore fruit for death. You see, when you think minimal mindset, you just want to sin. When someone tries to put you in a box, don't you want to break out? Yeah. And when you live by rules and the law, you will want to break out. Sorry. Because you're living by what's holding you back. Not living by where you should go. And that's all Paul was saying. He was not saying we should disregard the law of the New Testament. Because the law of the New Testament is the law of the Spirit. He was not saying we should have this freedom mentality that should describe our church. With some of us, we somehow drifted into that view. What he's saying is that when you're following God... You're thinking about how great can I be? How good can I be? Not limited. By, oh, what can I do? What can't I do? Let's go on. But now, by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. What that says here is this. We serve in a new way. 
So when you are living by the Spirit, you're not doing everything you just want. What you're doing is you're serving in a new way. Do you see that? There is structure. There is order. There is expectation. But it's a new way. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it says this, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. When you are under Jesus, when His Spirit is in you, there is a law that reigns. Do you guys get that? Do you see it? There is a law of the Spirit. Where is the sword of the Spirit? The Word of God. Let's go on. And so what we understand is the law of the Spirit supersedes the Old Testament law. That's what Romans 8 is talking about. He's saying don't get caught up in all the circumcision, all the rituals of the Old Testament. He's not saying there are no rules. You know, just pray Jesus in your heart. Just feel good. God forgives you no matter what. That's not what he's saying. He's saying there's a new law of the Spirit. There's a way that we should live that Jesus set the pace for. And now that we've seen Jesus on this earth, and now that you have the Holy Spirit of Christ in you, you can live differently. Yep. Yes, sir. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 through 8. It's in Romans chapter 8, verse 5. For when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us so that we bore fruit. Oh, no, that's Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 8, sorry about that. Verse 5, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You see, the Holy Spirit is about our minds. The Holy Spirit connects with us in how we think. Living by the Spirit is about your mind being in that right zone. Let's go to verse 9. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of whom? Christ. They do not belong to God, to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if, and, and if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. So when you have the Holy Spirit, living by the Spirit is about being like Jesus. That's what it means. Do you guys get that? Because I want us to transition about what lordship truly means. Because too many of us, given our Bible history, our history in our church, we think, and trust me, I listen to lessons of people who teach similar things to our past. And we, will, we, we can take pride in how righteous we are and we do the right thing and we obey the Bible and we obey the Bible and we do the right thing. And you can just get caught up in obeying the Bible and doing the right thing. And really what it's all about is are you being like Jesus? On, is it your passion and heart to just walk in line with the heart of Christ? Right. It's a very different thing. Though outwardly it could look similar. Living by the Spirit is about living like Jesus. The Holy Spirit is about transforming. Transforming you into having the heart and mind of Jesus. 
So, line eight is a huge point for us today. Lordship requires being like Jesus, not just obeying the Bible. You guys get that? So we've got to be a bigger, bigger church than we've ever been. We've got to be different disciples than we've ever been because many of us, we're just still in the zone of obeying the Bible. We're still in the zone of maybe doing everything right. We're still in the zone of trying to meet membership requirements. And some of you hear me go, yeah, I don't want to get caught up in those membership requirements. I don't want to get caught up in obeying the Bible. Uh, No, 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 no. You're mishearing me. You should be living so beyond that. You shouldn't be just trying to get to school so that you aren't reported to the truancy office. You should be going to school to find your future, to get great grades, to be an amazing example, to find an enriching and fulfilling life, an amazing, powerful, confident character. But instead, some of us are just going, well, I don't want to be truant. I don't want to get a tardy. I don't want to have detention. I don't want to have my parents yelling at me. That's the difference between just obeying the law and living by the Spirit. Are you getting that picture? So lordship means we're here to be like Jesus, not just obey commands. And that's how you're going to help each other out. Because some of us are going, well, the Bible says you should do this. Well, the Bible says you should do that. We come by and we're like, the Bible says, the Bible says, no, no, no. You know, and we, we, we talk that way as opposed to what's the heart of Jesus according to the scriptures? You guys get that? You see, it's, it's a bit different, but we, it has to resonate with us so we know what to say. Imitating Jesus fulfills the law. That's why the Bible says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law is fulfilled in these two commands. Because being like Jesus fulfills the law. And the Bible says God is what? Love. We are more than a church that follows the Bible. And I know our history. We're a Bible-based church. We follow the Bible. That's what, that's what we would say all you know, for years, and so we just go, okay, that's us. We're just following the Bible. Let's just follow the Bible. No, no, we're more than that. We're not just that. We are that, okay? But we're more because the Bible says we got to live by more, that we don't just live by the law. We live by the Spirit. We are people who are passionate about being like Jesus. That's our church. By living one, uh, we are the church that imitates Jesus. By living one faith, by loving like Christ, we together have this mission. We should be, live more powerfully than ever before. East Cities has, ha- has to hit a no going back, no looking back. Our days are brighter and better for the future. But it has to be because we have a deep conviction about who God wants us to be. And it's the same conviction. Come on, bro. We need to expect more from each other than we've ever seen in our past. Because we all want to be like Jesus, deep down in our hearts. Down, down, deep down in our hearts. Let's go to John 13. All right, let's go. The Bible just says, hey, do this. Compare yourself to Jesus. That's who the Holy Spirit is in you. Did you know that? The Bible says the Holy Spirit convicts us of guilt regarding sin, not because God is like, you're so bad. You're so nasty. That's Satan. He's the great accuser. How does the Holy Spirit convict us us of guilt regarding sin? Even before we're baptized, the Holy Spirit, because he just points to how pure and holy and amazing Jesus is, and you just go, wow. Wow. 
I don't measure up. And that's where you get convicted. And so we've got to coach each other, not to be so self-focused, but to be Jesus-focused. And then you'll get convicted. That's how I actually got baptized, just so you know. I'm telling you, if I got up and shared about my conversion history and my history before getting baptized, I was actually a good kid. You know, and, and so when people are studying the Bible with me, you'll hear me. I was going, wow, you guys are really messed up. I'm so happy for you that you became Christians, you know. And um, even when I fell away, didn't get into much trouble. I still have never been in any sort of way um, inebriated, you know. Yep. Wife's my only love, my only one. That was my life. I'm a very happy, fulfilled man and not wondering, oh, what did I miss out on? Okay, But here's the thing. When I studied the Bible, I was doing community service. I was helping people all the while, not even believing in God. So how would you end up becoming a Christian? I compared myself to Jesus on the cross. I said, man, I'm so selfish and proud compared to him. So that's how you can get convicted of sin. Does that make sense? John 13. Lordship. Requires being like Jesus. So when we're talking about lordship. Oh, you got to obey Jesus. He's your Lord. You got to obey Jesus. He's the master. He's the go Do what Jesus says. Now, you know what? Lordship is more than that. We're actually supposed to be like him. Follow who he is. John 13. And this will help us talk to each other. In John 13, verse 34. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We must call each other to loving one another. You go, what's new about that command? I'm telling you, what we have taught in our past is what's new about that command is we're supposed to love like Jesus. That's what they say is new to the command, but that's not true. That's not what's new about that command. You've got to start understanding. You go, how do I know? First off, well, maybe it's because you've got to love others. That's, the new, that's new about that command. Nope. Loving others was the expectation from Levitical times. Love your neighbor as yourself is from Leviticus 19.18. So loving our neighbor, loving others, was already there. You go, well, maybe it was to love like Jesus. No, Mark chapter 1, verse 8, 16 through 18, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. From the first day, Jesus says, you got to follow me. you got to imitate me. you got to be like me. So that wasn't new. Plus, he doesn't even repeat, as I have loved you. What does he repeat? Each other. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. He says disciples must call each other higher to mutuality in Christ. That we're both supposed to do this. Mutuality is what is new about that command. Go to Luke, uh, John chapter 15. We've lost this view. You know why? Because we never had it. So you can't lose something we never had, huh? You go, what did we have before? As I'm the leader, I tell you what to do. So I call you to do things that I'm telling you to do. What else have we then? What's the pendulum swinging in our current environment? 
well, I'm a leader, so I should just do everything. Because I've got to serve, and a leader just serves, so I'm going to do everything. And there are two extremes. There's one of the Pharisees laying burdens on people, telling them what to do, traveling over land and sea, you know, to convert just one person. You know, there's that view. And we go, okay, well, I'll just be the servant. John 15. What's Jesus' heart? So as we're teaching each other, we're not just teaching each other, well, God says this, do this, do that. What you got to teach each other now is who was Jesus? What was his motive? What was his heart? And you know what? That's going to help you get closer to God than you've ever been. John 15, verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. You see, Jesus had this relationship with God. He watches God and he imitates. And we've got to do the same thing with Jesus. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain. You, uh, you re- and uh, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love whom? Each other, as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. Isn't this an intense thing? You understand Jesus' heart. You understand how humble God is? God says, I'm going to come down in the form of man and I'm going to teach you everything I know. Why? So we could be friends. We don't call each other higher anymore. And you know what? We don't like each other anymore either. Because you can't be friends when you think you're doing all the work. Yes, sir. You can't be friends when you go, I don't know when you're going to show up. Yes, sir. You can't be friends if it's not mutual. And this is Jesus' heart. You know what? I am the Lord of all creation. I am absolutely all wise, all powerful. And guess what? I'm going to teach you everything I know so we could be friends. How humble is that? We need to have that same heart. We need to have that same character. You see, what is new is that disciples have a mutual, similar expectation for each other. Leaders do not serve in silence. I should say silence. I put silent on there. They serve to set the pace. Mark chapter 10, verses 41 through 45. If you want to be the greatest, you must be last and servant of all. You set the pace in service, but you don't do everything for everybody else. Leaders do not just serve. They must call others to serve, but they cannot be hypocrites. That's what Jesus is saying. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, the leadership positions are to help prepare everyone for works of service. Because you are here to call people to be mutual. That will be this church. You go, I, I want the freedom. I want freedom. You don't want to be in this church. Come on, bro. You don't want to have a family. You don't want to have health, healthy relationships. You don't want to have love because real love means this. We're obligated to each other. Come on. We belong to one another. If it bothers you, I can't do it. I'll, try, I'll, I'll adjust. I'm not going to judge you, look down at you. I'll be considerate of you. We've got to understand that's how a marriage works. That's how a family works. That's how a team works. And we are obligated to each other. 
Not to me as the leader, not to the organization as a church, but to each other as the body of Christ and as a family. See, Jesus says, you are my friends if you do what I command. We must become true friends and family to one another. Jesus made his family a priority. Mark chapter 3, verses 33 through 34. We won't go there. We're winding down. You can read this on your own. That's why I put them in parentheses. I invite you to do that. Jesus and Paul were consumed with winning the lost world. And we all know that. Luke 19.10, Jesus says, The Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19-23, through 23, He goes, I became a slave to everyone just to win some. And so, number 10 is the big one. I want us to... You go, because we're talking about lordship. There are two areas in lordship, number nine and number 10, I want us to hit. That's the practical, right? That's where we hit home. Number one, we need to call each other higher. Okay, you got to stop going, I'm going to correct you, bro. I'm going to lay you out, bro. What kind of crazy is that? Who wants to be with people who want to do that? You know, you know what it was like for some of us in our church? You're walking in wondering, who's going to jump me? And you know what we had in the culture of our church? The first one to correct is right. And so we're just like constantly going, okay, who can I get before they get me? And, and it was just weird and dysfunctional, and, and that's not who we are. But we can call each other higher. Start off by that. What's your vision for the person? What's your vision for the fellowship? Okay, and so we'll be talking about all those things in the future. How do we really help each other? Is that cool? So then it goes on, but it says, um, so we've got to call each other higher to mutuality in Christ. It's a good place. Jesus says, so, so my joy may be in you, and your joy may be complete. Let's help each other get to our happy place, shall we? But here, we've got to sacrifice to be here all the time and on time, because we've got to be a winning team. Amen. Come on. Now, what is the heart of a winning team? You know, I just talked to a main leader, and um, I learned something. He was like, well, you know, I work so hard and, and all this, and so what... I want to do is I just want to come to church and relax and worship God. Has some of you have said that before? I don't want to come to church and there's no drama. I just want to come and relax and worship God. And, um, and I don't want to mock that because part of that is true. You all work hard. Okay? And part of that's true. But that's not exactly the mindset of a winning team. And many of us have played sports for fun and on a team. And you go, okay, you know, I go to... My class all day long in high school, and then afterwards I play on the football team. But you don't go there going, I just want to have, I just want to relax. There's a certain amount of pressure that you guys are having together as you're working together, and the fun is doing the work together. You know, the fun is that there's no drama because you guys are all on the same team trying to win something. Okay, do you guys get that? And it's energizing. So we got to understand, because we become so disparate and different in our levels of devotion, so different in our message, so different in how we think, yeah, you come here and go, I just want to tune out because I don't want to look at the person to the right and to the left and you wonder where they're at. Okay, it's hurt the strength of our togetherness. But we've got to start thinking, you know, I don't believe in a church that's high pressure and getting you all manic. But we've got to be doing something together. And being here all the time, on time, you go, that seems burdensome. You can do it. And I'm going to tell you one thing, and and, and I'll coach uh, 
the leadership team for the lesson for next Sunday because there's some pretty important things to think about here, okay? First off, one thing you have to remember is that you don't remember when you're gone or when you're late. When you miss, you don't know you're not here. Now, everyone here feels like you're not here. Okay, does that make sense? And when you're here, you notice when no one's here, and you notice when people are late. When you come on time, you notice when people are late. Okay. So the first thing is, I'm not here to condemn people and make you feel bad. I am here to go, make sure you're humble. Every time you miss, remember, you missed. Every time you're late, remember, you were late. Why is that? So you'll have the right spirit about you, so we can be kind to each other. Okay, does that make sense? It's not, we don't want to be condemning each other. Amen. Do you get that? Just, just remember that. And it'll, it's part of how we'll train you guys in the future. Okay, because I've noticed people who aren't here, when, they get, when they're here, where is everybody? I'm like, oh, you haven't been here for the last, you know. I've seen people who come on time, look at everyone so late. I go, like you were? Um, yeah, so we want to have the right spirit. Do you guys get that? Well, then I can't correct anyone? No. You can, we can always call each other higher, but we've got to have the right what? Spirit. Right? Because the Spirit of Christ is what needs to reign in us. All right? Now, here's this idea. Doug might, might have covered it. I'll cover it again. What is devotion? Devotion is this. If you can't be there, show you care. If you're not here and you don't show you care, then you're not devoted. If you're running late, show you care. Notify people, hey, I'm running, show that it means something to you. We're not here to police each other, but if you don't care, it's an issue. Because you're not living by what? The Spirit. You guys get that? So, oh, Dave's going to clamp down, and all of a sudden, we're the you know, Christian Nazis of America. No, we don't do that. Because we're living by the Spirit, and He is a higher call. Okay, do you guys get that? Amen. But, hey, do you care? Do you care? Are you going to get busy with this lesson and hear it on your own if you weren't here today? Are you going to call and say, hey, when can I, how, how can I get that recording? I'm not, I'm not talking to you guys. I'm just, you know what I'm saying. You're here. I'm aware of that. But see, these are the questions we ask people. I know you couldn't be there. My concern is you're not showing me you care. That I'm taking more interest in your absence than you are. Do you guys get that picture? So we're just calling each other higher. So we've spoken in silence, and so a lot, some of you, I've been silent, and I never, I'm going to call people out now, I'm going to call people out. No, we're going to call people higher, we're not here to call people out, because we're not sitting with the enemy here. Okay, do you guys get that? But we'll learn this, we'll learn how to love people, and call them higher, build each other up, and see God do great things. But that's what we're going to work work on. Edgar's going to explain things to you guys in a second, practically how it's going to work. But I want you to understand, we have older people here and newer people here. Now, I'll be quite frank with you. Some of you newer people, when you came here, the older people were still trying to figure out, and they still are, like, okay, we used to do this. What are we going to do now? How are we going to do it? Like, what? Uh, I don't want to be this way. You know, I want to be, I got to work through my thing. I, I, I put in thousands and thousands of dollars, thousands and thousands of hours, and for what? You know, all these feelings and things that people are working through. And so then we got these people coming in new, and they're like, wow. Okay, who am I going to be? 
And so we got older people, we got newer people. For the older, we're going to be talking about, we've got to restore the what we used to do, but we've got to really transform the why. And we've got to be great students about changing the why and teaching a new why and living a new why. Okay, you guys got that? Now, some of the what we won't do anymore. I don't want us to be living depleted, scared, you know, lives. But there's got to be some basics of the team coming together and really making it awesome. Okay. For the newer, we've got to undo the what you have been seeing here for the last maybe 10 years, whatever, 15 years. You know, like it's been changing. The what keeps going back. You know, it's, it's just, I don't know what the what is you even know. Okay. And that's okay. No, I'm not condemning everyone. This is... Everywhere in our churches. So we've got to undo the what, and then we've got to learn the why. And um, we'll see what God does. All right? And so I just, I hope this helps us as a fellowship. Yes, sir. Okay? And um, I don't ever, because I'm afraid that people misinterpret what a word means, I don't want us to not use it. So I do want us to talk about living by the Spirit even though it gets misunderstood as going by your feelings or your intuition or, you know. No, we've got to go, no, we're going to live by the Spirit because Jesus is this and we need to be that. Okay? Does that make sense? So let's, let's reclaim what that means. That's why we talk about living one faith because we're going to reclaim from the lost world what faith really means. Do you understand? That's why, that's why we're using these words. Okay? So that we can stand for what the Bible intended. All right, so we are going to be talking about living by the Spirit because that is lordship. Lordship isn't obeying the commands. Lordship is imitating Jesus, and that's who we're going to be. Are you with me on that? Okay, so I'm going to let Edgar kind of talk about the plan, and I just wanted us to kind of get the foundation.